Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news meshed together in new ways, which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we're taking a look back at the Hims 21 conference that was recently held in Las Vegas at the beginning of August. Obviously, we record this right after Hims, but then it gets published uh, over time. So, uh, yeah, we're we're fresh off Hims. Thankfully, we're COVID negative for now. So that's a uh, I guess that's the biggest uh, takeaway. Is that right, Colin? That is for me. That is definitely the biggest takeaway. You made it home to Canada. <laughs> I made it home to Canada because I'm COVID negative. Yeah, well, I think that's the interesting thing. You know, uh, definitely COVID was a, a major part of the conference, and you know, you and I wore masks pretty much the entire time, other than when we're eating or <laughs> having a drink. Uh, you know, and we avoided certain situations. So. You know, I, I don't know. Did it feel any less safe than going to the supermarket? I, I don't know. For me, it f- felt about the same. I think for me, you know, being at Hims, I was definitely more on edge <laughs> and more aware of my environment and surroundings than I ever had been. Right. There was, mm. so I never felt I was off, you know, like, because I would have to remember, okay, can't touch my face, got to wash my hands all the time. Uh, did I shake that person's hand? I did. Okay. I got to use a hand sanitizer again. Right. Like, there was just lots of that. So I was much more hyper aware, which I, I'm not at the grocery store. I'm not quite the same, <laughs> but, but I think, you know, knock on wood, um, taking the precautions, it worked, right? Like I, I went down, I, I met people, enjoyed my time, uh, got, got some really cool education and, and learned a few things and, and, you know, actually felt relatively safe in inside the hymns bubble, like in the conference areas. So kudos to them for, we're running a pretty good show and, and, you know, I, yeah, you're right. We, we wore masks all the time, even outside of the hymns areas. I wore the mask outside, even in the hundred degree heat, um, wow. you know, just to be safe. It's just an extra layer of precaution. And it seems to have worked. Yeah. And when you go to the exhibit hall, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I, you generally just stood further away from someone, you know, you didn't get quite as close maybe. Right. And, and there was, you know, there was plenty of room to do that. So, you know, even that felt pretty safe. Uh, I don't think there was any, you know, it, it, I don't know. It just felt fine. Right. Like, uh, you know, that, uh, there wasn't the same risk, uh, you know, because it was done in such a safe environment, you know, I went to a session and yeah, I think the closest person to me in the session was 20 feet away. Of course, you know, I'm thinking through like that was Thursday, right. When it was pretty slow, but you know, it's like, yeah, what's the risk with the, that person 20 foot away? I'm masked. We're all vaccinated. It, it felt pretty good actually. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, the fun thing, not the funny thing, you know, what was, uh, what I found out of the show was that everyone who was there had lowered expectations. Like nobody was going to this hymns expecting 2019 hymns, right? Like everyone who was there knew, hey, this was going to be a down year in terms of attendance. It was going to be strange in the sense of all these precautions. Plus, you know, a lot of the speakers weren't even there in person. They were on video, right? So I think everyone kind of went in going, okay, that's all right. And like no, no one was going to complain about this. It wasn't going to be a surprise. And so because of that, I, not that we lowered our expectations so low, but I think because of that, people were like, hey, this actually was pretty good, right? Yes, traffic was down, but I, I spoke to a lot of the people in Exhibit Hall and they were universally were like, 
wow, the people who did stop by, I had really good conversations with and, and I'm going to follow up. And they really wanted to come to the booth. They weren't just looking for tchotchke, right? Like that what yeah. happens at a normal hymn. So I think in general, people walked away thinking this wasn't bad. Yeah. And I think there were two things that kind of stood out for me in that regard, as far as the experience. And that was uh, one that people had more time to just connect and to, you know, really talk and dive into some of the discussions that you'd had rather than, oh, it's so good seeing you, but I got to run, and you're like, <laughs> which was nice. You know, you'd do a quick selfie or something in the past, but now it's like, they'd see you and be like, Hey, what's going on? What's new? Tell me what's going, you know, like, and so there was, it was more casual in that way. And then you pair that with the fact that many of us were like, Oh, I'm so happy to see you. Right? <laughs> like it's been two years and I've missed you. Right. And uh, I want to know how you're doing. Right. There was this energy that was kind of like palpable as far as like, oh, I'm so excited that we're actually here and we're in person again and we get to connect and share. And so I, I don't know, you combine those two and it made for actually a quite good experience to be able to to really connect with people in, in a way that was healthy, I think for us personally, I know I felt that, you know, being able to connect with people was, was really valuable on a human level, but then also from a, a topic and understanding and relationship standpoint, it was great as well. Yeah. I can only, I mean, I can only assume this was what it was like early hymns, you know, like mm. when it was still relatively small and the, and the exhibit hall was only like one hall and not three, right? Like it normally <laughs> is because you're right. It was, it was very nice to connect. It was very nice to be able to just wander the hall and discover new things. Right. So I found for the first time in a long time, a sense of discovery. I was like, okay, what's down this aisle? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. who am I going to run into? What, what interesting thing I'm going to see? Cause usually when we're at hands, we're like running from one appointment to another and you're just breezing by companies. Right. So I found that there was more time this time to just connect and, and chat and learn some things about new companies. So is this a lesson for the future? We need to book less, allow more free time. I don't know. It's interesting, right? <laughs> it is. I mean, but that was the big thing for me. Like what stood out for me was how, you know, and I didn't think they had a choice, but smartly um, the organizers put uh, tables and park benches in all of the booths that where there was no booth, right. Where people had canceled. Right. So there's, there's these wide 20 by 20, 20 by 30, 40 by 40 spaces that were now full of park benches. And that made us such a big difference because instead of meeting someone and just standing at the booth, you could peel off and just go to one of these uh, sitting areas and have a conversation with somebody like maybe one of the salespeople or your friend that you, that you haven't seen in a while. Right. And so rather than tying up a little tiny 10 by 10 area, you could go to these sitting areas and that was wonderful. It just made for a much more relaxed, less compressed kind of feel. So um, that's what stood out for me in terms of just physically just being at hands, just having that breathing space in the exhibit hall. Yeah. I mean, a place to sit down at hymns is gold and there was plenty of that this year. So that for was sure. really a good thing. You know, as I look at it, you know, and kind of moving on to kind of what was talked about, uh, you know, it's always interesting. Of course, COVID was the hottest topic. It couldn't be not talked about, but I was also really interested with how analytics is touching everything. 
And I'd say analytics more than AI and, and machine learning and all that, but it's like every single product has analytics. Uh, I, I saw a really interesting one at the Fujitsu booth with one of their partners that was tracking scrubs. And, you know, it's like, oh, I never really thought about applying analytics to scrubs. But then when you look at the cost of scrubs and they said, yeah, you, do, you have to have less inventory, you have less waste because they're tracking it and have all the analytics around it. And so, uh, you know, that applied to everything. I mean, you know, that's why I thought was interesting was, yeah, all of that data and being able to use that data for good across just a wide variety of things. You know, we saw it with uh, medical devices. We saw it with security. Of course, we, we already know we're doing that with EHR data and claims data and all that. But, you know, applying it to these edge cases, I think was a really interesting, it, it's a trend that's been coming for a while, but you just see how basically every company at Hims was a data company in one way or another. <sighs> There was two things that sort of trends, if you will, that emerged for me at, at Hims 21. One was a surprise and the other one was, actually, they were both surprises now I think about it. Um, so one, I mean, I had the opportunity to spend some time in the interoperability showcase area, which actually was really well done this year in the new Caesars Forum part of, um, of, the, of the convention hall. Uh, and I, I inadvertently caused a lot of stir because I was tweeting out about uh, facts as an interoperability standard for provider to provider uh, communication. And it was secure. And of course it uses direct and all that kind of stuff too, but it's off a firestorm on Twitter. <laughs> I got all these <laughs> tweets coming back to me. How can this be like, you're talking about facts in 2021 at hymns, like they should ax the facts. And, and certainly I think from a patient perspective, facts sucks, like it should go away. But what was interesting was they couldn't get past the fax machine and talk, couldn't talk about fax protocol. Right, um, or digital so, fax. Yeah, that, it, it was interesting. And then there was a lot of talk about fax, about how, you know, hey, it was finally being transformed from a paper-based mechanism of transport to a document-based and unstructured data format and how, what you can do with it. So I thought, you know, that was, I won't call it a trend because I won't say fax is coming back, but... I will say that they, you know, a lot of talk was centered around facts as a very viable alternative to very expensive interoperability uh, tools. Yeah, well, I, I have always said you want to get rid of facts, find a better solution. And here's the key elements of facts: you know everyone's fax number, it's secure, HIPAA compliant. And it's a standard that everyone supports. Right. Solve that and no one will use facts again. But the reality <laughs> is facts has that and it's really hard to replicate those three features. So yeah, that, that, that's pretty interesting to think about as far yeah. as you know, the evolution of interoperability. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, and I think a lot of people forget that facts is also direct, direct connection, right? You're establishing connection between the sender and receiver unlike email, unlike other things where there's a lot of servers and things in between. So facts definitely emerged for me as a trend. The other trend that I was surprised at just very quickly was, and I think I commented to you as we were walking the show floor together, just how many people were there at Hims showing off computer on wheels, mm. right? There were so many uh, vendors that were there showing off carts and, and different uh, workstations, mobile workstations and stuff. And maybe I just never noticed them before. <laughs> at hymns because they were buried but there were a lot a lot more of that and people selling wall-mounted keyboards and wall-mounted uh, monitors just more of that kind that side of health it 
which I hadn't noticed before. So that stood out for me in terms of how many vendors of that type were there. Yeah. And it made sense for some of them because many of them had products that were like COVID friendly, that were cleanable, that were, you know, and often, you know, they had, they had different cleaning tools there, you know, that were available, uh, you know, to be able to do it. So I, I think that, that, you know, probably spawned some of it, right. Where people had some budget to invest on how do they make the exam room more COVID friendly and how you install your workstations or you know, do you make them portable? Do you not, et cetera, is, is part of that discussion. So in some ways that makes a lot of sense. I think the other one for me was looking at the security area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know security is a problem. And when you looked at the diversity of companies, many of which were from outside of healthcare, uh, that was interesting to see. There was, I would say, more diversity of company in the security area than any other part of HIMSS. And that's no surprise. They see the problems of healthcare security and, you know, they're coming to try to help. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lynn and Colin Hung. Today, we're talking about our experience being at HIMSS 21, the first major healthcare conference post-COVID. So John, was there anything that you uh, didn't see at, at Hymns 21 that you thought you would? I mean, other than crowds, I mean. But... Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing that stood out to me was how few of the traditional health IT players were there. When you went around the exhibit hall, you know, how you should say exhibit halls as you go through them, like there was a lot of newer companies or ones that you hadn't heard about. And many of the the regular players that you're just so used to seeing uh, just weren't there. And I thought, I thought they'd probably stick with it and, and they'd stick it out and they'd show up. So I was a little shocked when they, they, they all pulled, you know, a lot of them pulled out. And so, you know, in some ways that was good because as you went around, you're like discovering new companies that, and you weren't distracted by the old friends that you have at some of these other companies. Uh, but yeah, I was just surprised that more of um said, nah, we're out. And, and, you know, it somewhat makes sense because of the way Delta spiked and they wanted to be considerate of their customers. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I think Hims is such a part of what they do. I was, I was surprised that many of them didn't have a, a bigger presence. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. I mean, walking around, you would expect to see, you know, certain EHR companies, especially uh, used to seeing them there. And, you know, only only if, only Epic and a handful of others, QMD and, and Smile, they were the only ones that I noticed anyways. Um, so a lot of people were, were not there because they, you know, because of the COVID concerns and everything. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like a different hands because you didn't have those giant booths and the giant presence of those kinds of companies there. Um, yeah. I was a little surprised. I thought I would see more companies in the precision medicine space because uh, hmm. that, you know, we've been hearing about that for a number of years now. I thought, you know, that I would see a few more, even despite uh, COVID um, that we're talking about it, but I really didn't see that as a big uh, trend. I didn't see that in terms of number of exhibitors or, or vendors or even sessions around it. So uh, to me, that was, I don't want to say I wasn't disappointed. I was just surprised. I thought we would see some more things there. Um yeah, we also saw the cloud providers disappeared, oh. right? Um, you know, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Azure, they were all, you know, making huge investments in HIMS. And, you know, obviously they have corporate uh, decision makers, not necessarily healthcare ones. So not seeing them there really changed the environment as well. 
For sure. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, the same thing I would say with the um, banks, right? We started last year in 2019, sorry, to see some of the banks come into the space, especially around uh, revenue cycle and so forth. Didn't see them this time. Uh, now, maybe they didn't commit to hymns in, you know, in 20 or decided just to back out. But, but again, it was just odd not to see them uh, at the show. Yeah. And your point about EHRs is interesting because many of them throw these big user events and I think when they just learned that many of their users weren't going, uh, I think they said, oh, you know, why are we going? You know, because it wasn't it's not a sales event for them. It's really about connecting with their users. So I think that changed. I did love what Inner Systems did. Uh, they basically turned their booth into a lounge area, kind of what we talked about, a nice place to sit. But the best part was they brought in the ice cream. And so they had some Inner Systems people just handing out ice cream. And I was like. Yeah, I mean, that's the making the most of a tough situation because I know they wanted to be there and they wanted to be part of it. And, you know, it's a nice way to give to those that did attend, you know, grabbing an ice cream and, you know, having sitting and having a conversation with inner systems. That's, that's not bad. In fact, it, it, in some ways, that's better than some of the booths that some people put out sometimes. So they made it more memorable for you, right, John? Yeah, exactly. The other thing, and, and you probably won't be surprised at this, was I didn't see the word blockchain hardly anywhere on anybody's booths or anything like, uh, you know, we, we've never really been super high on that technology, um, at least in the early days. Um, but I thought I would by now see some more companies uh, touting it or using it, but we really didn't see anything uh, related to blockchain anywhere in the hymns halls. Yeah, I didn't see blockchain. I think even AI wasn't really mentioned as much. Uh, you know, you did see some more mature offerings. That was, uh, you know, I think a really interesting one too, is as you talk to people about how they're engaging patients, there was some maturity around the way that they're engaging it. And I think some of that was spurred by COVID and the requirement to engage patients virtually. And so that, you know, maybe that was a good thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked that. I like to see some maturing of that patient engagement product that's going to be so essential for health IT going forward. So John, let me ask you this final question here, and uh, this should be an interesting discussion. Does HIMSS 21 change anything for healthcare conferences going forward? Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, we actually did this in our HITMIC uh, healthcare marketing roundup as well, but I'll, I'll mention it here. The fact that they held HIMSS in person with, you know, in, in what seems to be a pretty safe and effective manner portends well for the future. I think, you know, it was smart to go all vaccinations. Uh, you know, I know that turned off some people, but, you know, it seemed to create a safer environment and more, more comfortable environment for those attending. And the fact that they could do it with the Delta variant spiking says that, yeah, HIMSS 2022 should be a, a go, right? And and I think companies will be uh, less uh, fearful about what's happening and, and they'll understand that it can proceed forward, that they don't need to worry as much. And I think healthcare organizations will be able to do it as well. So I think that pretends well for HIMSS 22, but also the other fall conferences that are bound to happen. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I think HIMSS 21... And some of the other conferences that actually did happen in person have now proven that you can hold one safely. I won't say 100% safe because there's always going to be cases that pop up, but relatively safe. Uh, and, and the requirement for, and I think also they've proven that the requirement for masks and vaccinations uh, wasn't 
a huge ask for uh, most of the attendees, right? So I think that was good. Um, the one thing I think that HAMS 21 will change, two things. One, I think hybrid events, truly hybrid events mm. are going to be something that people will need to think about because those that paid full and couldn't come or didn't want to come, they wanted to have a more rich experience online. And, and I think, so I think there's going to have to be sort of a, a, a re-looking at, well, what, how much of a conference can you actually stream realistically, especially the one of the size of HIMSS? And then what can you bake into keynote agreements, right? Because yeah. some of the keynotes I know don't want to be filmed or streamed, right? Especially, I'm not even thinking about ones you pay, like politicians and so forth. They probably don't want to be streamed. So does that change that will that change the agreements that people sign and will that change the kinds of keynote speakers that we're going to get because you want ones that want to be able to you know go online it'd be seen online um and it's a challenge when you look at it uh you know we've always known this was a challenge i think is how do you create a virtual experience that's as good as the in-person and you really do create kind of a have and a have nots but what I think we also learned from this is that we can do better than what we've done so far, right? Yeah. Uh, it won't ever be the same because, you know, sitting there in the aisle, eating your lunch and someone walks by that you want to connect with, that's hard to replicate virtually, right? Like right. you can't have that experience, let alone party hopping and other things where a lot of the real work happens at a conference and the real connection and, and, and you know, discovery happens, but we can do better than we did now. That includes, like you said, making sure the agreements allow you to stream it. It's expensive though. I mean, you know, like the, as organizers ourselves, we understand there's a pretty big expense associated with it, but then it's also, how do you allow those people that are watching virtually to connect virtually? Right. You know, I was interested also to see how would the hymns 21 hashtag do? And it was down dramatically. And I think that, you know, if, if HIMSS had executed a better virtual experience, then the Twitter stream should have been similar, maybe even more, because it's easier to live tweet a session and to tweet about a session virtually than it is in person. So, you know, to me, that was a, a sign that, hey, maybe the virtual didn't quite connect the way that it could have and, right. and didn't allow for people to attend virtually in a way that was powerful. Yeah, I think also one thing I wanted to, to say about a trend or maybe some movement we'll see going forward, I think it has to do with the after parties. Um, and, and so for me personally, because you know of my international travel, I avoided any party that was held in a public spot. So whether it was a bar or a restaurant, I just, you know, given that you know Vegas was a hot spot, I just didn't feel comfortable or safe enough to to go and be in a bar with people that were outside of the conference. However, I was 100% comfortable going to an event that was being held inside the hotel at like a hospitality suite or, you know, in, in one of the hotel restaurants where we took the whole thing over, right? And there was nobody else but people from the conference who were all vaccinated. So, so I wonder if that'll change the nature of some get-togethers, right? Where maybe they'll want to take the whole space rather than a part of a bar, or maybe yeah. they'll want to do something, you know, in, in a ballroom, right? Um, because you can control that environment a lot more. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, there was creative things happening. Uh, my, my favorite creative solution was renting out the cabana at the pool and inviting people up to the cabana. 
Now it's 106. So that means that you kind of need to wear your swimsuit, which that creates a totally different environment. Like <laughs> there's some logistic issues there and, and whatnot, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was interesting to see how people were trying, because if you think about it, cabana outdoors, a nice, nice place. I mean, who doesn't like to sit poolside and do work uh, reminds me of when I was riding a, a ski lift one time with a, a, a colleague and we were talking business and he leaned over to the guy on the ski lift. He said, son, this is how you want to do work when you grow up. <laughs> it's kind of like that on the cabana, right? Uh, you know, it's about connection and creating safe places to connect with people. Hey, listen, we're coming to the end of another episode here. And thanks to all of you who tuned in to this episode of Healthcare IT Today. For more details about our show, check out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung, along with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening. 